Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson. And today we have my oldest friend in the whole world, Juliet Traub. Yay, Juliet! Hi! Hey! Juliet's 90. That's my joke because she's my <laughs> oldest friend. She's not yuck, really 90, yuck, but yuck, yuck. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> but we have known each other since I was four and she was five. Uh, first of all, where where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from Nashville, Tennessee. Music City. Music City. <laughs> actually, interesting fact. We actually got the designation Music City from the Queen of England. Oh, that is a fun fact. I thought we were over needing her approval. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was when the, you know, Nashville has Fisk University, which is a HBCU. And the Fisk Jubilee Singers went to England and performed for the Queen. And she said, this Nashville must be this music city. You know, oh. she she was so impressed with their music. I love that. Yeah, that's how we got the name. Oh, man. I just think of one of my favorite movies, The Thing Called Love. And River Phoenix and Samantha Mathis stand on top of a hospital and just scream into the void. Look out, Music City, because I'm here now and I ain't never leaving. So um, every time I would go visit you, I would say that at some point, but not usually around you. Because I didn't want you to think I was weird. Melissa, really? <laughs> I know. That's so stupid. She you knows. used to like potty bourree, like ballet dance in the aisles of the grocery store with me. So uh, I think we're over <laughs> me thinking you're weird. That's true. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Oh, and you said you never used your dance skills. I totally <laughs> did. I'm sh- oh, I once used my dance skills in like elementary art class to just kick the watercolor <laughs> right out of my classmates' hands. It made a mess everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, they come in handy constantly. I feel like a um, non-dancer could do that too. I feel like I was a non-dancer <laughs> who did that. <laughs> Um, so Juliet, would you please tell us a little bit about Team Traub, about uh, your, you know, family, growing up in your family now? I grew up in Kansas. That's how I know you both. <laughs> Another Pittsburgh alum. Exactly. We had a family of four kids. So I have three younger brothers. I'm the oldest. And now we're all spread out all over the place. Oh, and I had two parents that were married to each other. And eventually we moved to Nashville and then we moved all over the place. And so I got married last year, almost like just a little bit over a year to my lovely husband. And we have, uh, I now have a stepson who is 13 years old, who interestingly is on the autism spectrum and has Asperger's. So this has been a very enlightening uh, show for me to watch as one of the characters also has Asperger's. Wow. Uh, um, okay, our last question before we really get into the episode is, what is your history with the show Parenthood? Okay, so I had watched like one episode maybe before, and I was like, eh, not really into it. And, <laughs> then, and then you asked me if I, you know, wanted to be a guest, and you, you said, oh, you can watch this episode. So I, I was like, well, I might need a little bit more background. I'd actually already, this is hilarious, but I'd actually already started listening to your podcast because I I just you know you're my friends and I just like to listen to you guys it's really nice yeah very entertaining very like oh I'm with friends kind of not really (laughs) and so um so I started from the beginning and then I got to the episode that I was supposed to watch 
And then I continued to watch it because by that point I was like sucked in. I'm like, well, I need to know what happens. I need to know how this, how this goes. Like, um, so yeah. And then I, my husband jumped in at some point too. Oh, yeah. That's so great. Well, where, like, we won't do spoilers of course, um, or at least we'll try not to. Well, um, but where are you now? Like what, what season are you in? Done. Finished. What? Yeah, man. We just hit that hard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, also without giving away too much, um, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, did you, you must have enjoyed it if you watched the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there were like, there were things I enjoyed and things that I was like critical of. Like (laughs) there were so many like moments that were like really just like touching moments or like, you know, my husband Jordan and I were like, have, were like crying at different moments watching, especially like for him, like he was definitely connecting to like being a parent of somebody who has autism and that whole experience and those really sensitive key moments. So yeah, and we had, yeah, we had lots of conversation about it, but a lot of times we were like, why is this character doing this? Like, why are they thinking? Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of how it, how it goes. And we, by the end we were like, okay, let's just get to the end. Like, how's this end? Like, let's get to it and be done. So we were watching it so much. <laughs> Oh man, I've been, I've been there. (laughs) That's wonderful. Oh, well then this is perfect. You'll have opinions for days. This will be great. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Today we're discussing Parenthood season two, episode six, Orange Alert. It was written by Sarah Watson, directed by Adam Davidson. It originally aired on October 19th, 2010. Here's the NBC (laughs) Synop. I don't know why I appreciated that word. But, well, you're going to do it every time. But I did. <laughs> so schmeeds. Zeke once again tries to go overboard with the Halloween celebration and is upset when Hattie, Amber, and Drew refuse to join in the fun. Meanwhile, Adam and Christina are nervous about Max's new plans for the holiday. Sarah's relationship with Gordon gets complicated after she confronts him about their kiss. Elsewhere, Julia struggles with her belief in women's rights when Sydney chooses a costume she doesn't approve of. But I have a little bone to pick with this episode right off the bat. And okay. it is this... I mean, we're just studying, right? We're not trying to flirt with our SAT tutor. It's making me feel like I'm crashing a date with you and Howard. This is kind of how I hoped it would be. And... I should give you back this ring before you lose it. I'm really touched. I, I'm I so excited. I didn't suggest you for the booth job. What do you mean? Gordon said that you did. He usually has an ulterior motive. You really don't get how amazing you are, do you? I think I know the bone you yeah, have to pick. That was go. the previously on, but two of those scenes were not previously on any episode. Nope. There was no scene about Amber questioning if Kelsey had a thing going on with her tutor. It was just that they weren't focusing and she was mm-hmm. felt like she was wasting her family's money on these tutoring sessions. And there was no scene where Adam admitted to Sarah that he didn't pick her for the booth job and no scene where he warned her about Gordon's motives. And I've watched every episode on DVD that says it has a deleted scene. And those scenes are not among them. So these were scenes that were clearly filmed, but not broadcast (laughs) and not included on the DVDs, but included on a previously on. That's just a lie, Parenthood. (laughs) Why are you lying to me? And also, I didn't notice this until you just played that, but I'm like, well, Amber had a crush on her SAT tutor because it was her teacher, Mr. Sear. So I'm like, Amber, let's, uh, let's She's just... learned, though. 
Yeah, she has. She wants to save Kelsey from the same fate. (laughs) Also, Mr. Sear, way more crushable than Howard. Uh, So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I didn't love that. And also those scenes that weren't included seem like interesting scenes. I would have wanted to see them. Yeah. But I guess we just don't get to. Yes, that's just Just a parenthood gaslighting us. You saw this last (laughs) week. No, I didn't. I swear I didn't. I'm really just questioning, like, do I need to go back and watch that episode? Am I just forgetting? It's like that scene with with Julia telling Joel about Raquel. You made me think I was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. Well, Juliet, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) The first observation I had in this episode was, hey, Hattie's doing her own laundry. After I, I, in a previous episode, thought it was crazy that Christina was putting Hattie's laundry away for her. There was Hattie in the laundry room doing her own laundry. Good for you, Hattie. It's almost like they heard you. They heard your thoughts and they were like, we'll make this teenage girl do some laundry. And I appreciated it. Everyone's got to learn. By the way, I thought Hattie, speaking of Hattie, I thought she was like very quietly MVP of this episode and re- like just two scenes really. But the first one, while she was um, doing her laundry, her expressions during the trick or treat debate, like I wish we could play expressions, but yeah. they were hilarious. She was just cracking me up. And then later when they were practicing trick or treating and she was like, oh, hello. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is this voice you're doing? I love you. You're the best. It was just so great. I so agree. And Christina had a little thing going on with her too. Like at one point you see Christina look over to Hattie and mouth. Oh my God. While Adam is (laughs) going off on how excited he is that Max wants to trick or treat. She's the best. I really love her. I I feel like my appreciation for her has just gone way up on this rewatch. So anyway, so this is obviously the Halloween episode. And so let's just get, Scary. Really scary. I thought maybe everyone. Maybe not in the way you intended it to be, but (laughs) (laughs) let me try to go. (laughs) Dig that hole deeper. (laughs) All right. Keep going. Okay, so did the two of you do you guys like Halloween? Did the two of you go trick-or-treating when you were Uh. kids? Or do you still any memorable (laughs) costumes? I thought you were, do you still go trick or treat? That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't, because I don't have kids. That would be wacky. Uh, Juliet, thoughts? I love Halloween. It's possibly my favorite holiday. I, it's just so much fun. I've been kind of lame on recent Halloweens, but I did, this Halloween, I did have a costume. We did have actually family activity planned with my in-laws and their families. It was all outside and you know, safely social distance or whatever, but we were supposed to have costumes. And so I told my brother, I like, I'd gotten some, you know, like just some deer antlers. And I told him, I was, yeah, I'm just going to have some deer antlers and put on some, you know, makeup. And he was like, oh, so like a mom costume. Kind of like, 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 like kind of like, <laughs> like just wearing white and putting on a cotton hat. <laughs> Like, like Christina? Yeah, I totally related to her. I was like, oh, shoot. It really is. A mo-. Like, yep, there it is. <laughs> that's so great. I love it. Oh, that sounds fun, though. Do you have a favorite costume from, you know, that you look back on and you think, I really I nailed it that year? I think I do, but it's uh, kind of controversial. I was a gypsy, which that term is now not really like PC, but at the same time, 
I actually descend from gypsies. Like my great grandmother was a queen of the gypsies from on my Persian side, on my Iranian side. So I feel like I get a little bit of like a, ah, I can yeah. maybe, I can maybe do this a little bit, you know, but I, yeah, I just loved that costume. And I loved that Halloween experience. I think it's possible Melissa was involved with me in that one. And maybe another, was. yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Juliet and I used to go trick-or-treating together. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, that's so cool. Well, you know, speaking of controversial costume, I'm just going to make parallels to everything you say. Um, You know what I'm going to say, right? I know what you're going to say. Oh, Jasmine's. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, that's not okay. And it's so funny to me anyway, how I just feel like, oh, wow, I've grown a lot in 10 years. Because I guarantee you the first time I watched this, I probably just thought she looked cute. And um, now I'm like, oh, God, no, that's not a costume. Like, that's that's appropriation. You know, and so I'm, I guess I'm glad I've grown. And maybe the creators of that show, you know, wouldn't have done that now. Um, but anyway, I just, yeah, couldn't help but notice. I do appreciate on another level that it wasn't a slutty Pocahontas costume because that would have taken us to like another, even another level, you know? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Didn't mean to make it all about that, but I did think that was an interesting parallel. Like sometimes, you know, costumes at one point we might think are okay. We later realize, nope. <laughs> or Although maybe I agreed, Juliet, that your gypsy costume, while the term is maybe not wonderful, if it's from your own culture, then I think you are allowed. Yeah, but at the time, like, you know, there was no awareness of, of that, you know, like mm. I was not like, Oh, this is my culture. Therefore I will be this. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, I mean, I did connect with it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause you know, I, I descend from Roma people. I didn't know that term back then, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it was just fun. It was just a fun thing to do. And not until I, now that I'm an adult, I can go, Oh yeah. Well, technically I guess but that's like, I think my most, that's my most controversial costume. It could potentially controversial costume. Well, when I was a kid, one of my costumes was Fern from Charlotte's Web. Is that transphobic? Oh man, I didn't. I think I, think I was four or five or something. <laughs> I don't Why? Well, Fern's a girl. A girl. So I was just oh. dressing up. I was a guy in a dress. But you weren't mocking Fern, right? You probably just really liked Fern. I loved Fern. Yeah, like I feel I like that's. Okay. I feel like that's just like. Isn't that just baby drag? This is baby drag. <laughs> Maybe, which I've never done drag at all and have no desire to, but I wanted to be Fern. And it's funny, I look back on this now, and I'm kind of in awe that my parents let me do that. I think that's right. As a young child, and I, like I wore that costume to church. Aww. And they let me. Good for them. Just a kid. Yeah. I think it's cool when kids like, especially, I like that you really liked like a girl character and wanted to dress as her. Like, I think that's awesome actually. And uh, even more so that your, that your parents weren't like, no, no. You know, I I think that's really cool. I love it. Yeah. And I I only remember that costume. And one year I was Braveheart Lion, the Care Bear cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I appropriated lion culture, (laughs) even though I'm not a cat. (laughs) I feel like you're good there. <laughs> I was a Dutch girl. Um, my, that was one of my cute, maybe 
most fun costumes and I feel like that's okay because I am a Dutch girl like sort of (laughs) (laughs) my mom immigrated to the U.S. from Holland when she was eight and so it was like literally like you know it was actual like Dutch attire that she still had that fit me and so I really liked that costume oh it was her clothes from when she was a kid I feel Aww. like either I well oh gosh I hope I'm not wrong. If that's I the think case, so. that is super cool. I mean, I think it I was. think it's a cool idea regardless, but no. has an extra layer to it if you were wearing her clothes. Yeah. Well, I Melissa, do you like Halloween? I love Halloween. Love Halloween. Um, in fact, that's why we invited Juliet because I knew already that she loved Halloween. I was oh, like, yes. this will be the one to get her. We'll talk about the special. And I love Halloween themed episodes of things. Oh my gosh. Yes. So anyway, I was just very excited for this episode. But Caleb, do you? I, can't... I, I do not. I Which wow. is so funny because I love all things scary. I love horror movies. I love horror novels. Give me scary stuff all day long. But dressing up in costume and trick or treating and all of that stuff, I, I wow. don't enjoy. I don't. Think but you I, like candy. You like candy and scary things. Yeah, but I I don't know what it is. I, he just doesn't want to work for it. <laughs> I'll work money. for it. I'll pay for it. <laughs> I don't need to go begging for it. And well, I'm like living in New York. The there's a huge Halloween parade in the village, which I you know when I was working down at NYU. I would always end up having like a show on Halloween night and then traffic would be crazy and people were so obnoxious and drunk and wearing their stupid costumes. And I just (laughs) felt like an 80 year old man that every, it's so funny. I wrote down, of course, Zeke's favorite holiday is Halloween. Is there a more obnoxious holiday? (laughs) Of course that would be the one Zeke just glorifies. Oh man. You know, actually, I have a small bone to pick. Um, Is this an okay time? Because it's just when you mentioned Zeke. Um, I was strangely not touched at all by his story that he told Max about it was the last holiday before, you know, he went to war. Halloween was the last holiday that your grandmother and I got to spend together before I shipped off the basic. Know what that is? Army training, Fort Benning, Georgia. There's a total hellhole. That's a story for another time. The point is that Camille and I spent that Halloween like it was Christmas, New Year's, and Easter, all wrapped up together. Oh, Max, we had a time. I missed a few holidays after that, but see, I always had the memory of that Halloween, and that's why it's special. Here you go. What is it? For you. Your grandma made it for you. Your dad has one. Just like it. Addie, too. Now you got one. Do you think I'll be able to get enough candy to fill it? Oh, Max, we are sure as hell gonna try. That didn't move you? Here's why. Certainly wasn't his delivery because he delivered that beautifully. And I love the idea of maybe an unconventional holiday being theirs. I really feel like it's exactly what I would have written on like my creative writing students' papers. I would have been like, I need you to show me. You're just telling me. I don't, how did you make, how was it like, you know, Christmas, New Year's and Easter all wrapped up into one? What What the hell did you do? Like, 
I need some images. And like to contrast that later with, with um, Adam's speech um, about when he knew he loved Christina, it was so specific about like eating, you know, um, cheese fries. And I was like, now I can picture that. That moved me because it was specific. But this, I was like, I have no idea what they did on that Halloween. And so I'm strangely, it just kind of felt forced to me. Like the reason he was giving the speech was because they were filming a Halloween episode and that needed to be their holiday and they needed a big moving reason why. And I was like, I just, I need to know that you guys carved pumpkins or that you, you know, walked around town while the kids were around you trick-or-treating, like drinking cider. I, I need something, but I couldn't picture it and therefore it didn't really move me. So I hope that doesn't sound obnoxious because the idea of him leaving uh, for basic, that's obviously moving on its own, but I just couldn't connect with it. Um, Julia, what, what did you think? No, I felt exactly the same way. I was like, this is kind of filler. This is kind of like a throw in, like, let's just make this, you know, let's make a reason. And here it is. But I felt exactly the same way. I was like, but why? Like, you've told us nothing about what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Why was it so special? <laughs> I didn't feel that at all. And yet, now that you say it, I think it's a very valid observation and like a shrewd observation. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote down, man, Zeke is such a well-rounded character. So often he's such a buffoon and so frustrating, but then he reveals such depth. And I do still think this is true. I, I, I've i said he always loves unabashedly, which is such an endearing trait. Oh, I think yeah. my favorite yeah. part of the scene, well, like you said, he delivers it really beautifully and you can tell it means a lot to him, even if why it means a lot to him is sort of vague. My favorite part of the scene was him giving Max the bag. Mine too. And saying... You know, we are sure as hell going to try. Uh, it just <laughs> makes me think of the things Crosby has said about what kind of dad he was when he was young. And and knowing that Zeke sometimes has some preconceived notions about Max in particular, to mm. see him connect with him in spite of that, that that doesn't, while, while it, he is kind of slow to recognize Max for who he is rather than who he wants him to be, he still loves him clearly so much. I, I loved that. It makes me see, too, why it would be hard to stay mad at Zeke, yeah. even though he gives you plenty of chances. Um, also, I, I noted he spent Halloween with Camille and then went to Asia and cheated on her left and right, apparently. Oh, that's true, because he's, yeah, their timeline is just messed up. I like to think their timeline was messed up, and but anyway... Yeah, I did also really like the bag for trick-or-treating because that was showing. That's like, that's a specific detail. But also it kind of reminded me of like, you know, Christmas stockings with names engraved on them. And so I thought, okay, that's a way maybe that like, you know, all the holidays were wrapped up in one. So maybe if we had a few examples of like, maybe they did other like holiday stuff on that, you know, maybe they Yeah, what if they, they went trick-or-treating on that last Halloween and she made him a bag with his name on it? Oh, And that's yeah. how the tradition started. And Yes. Yeah, yes. you're, you're so right. So you're thinking Something like, like that. <laughs> I also did a little bit of research he mentions that he did basic training at Fort Benning. Looked it up. Fort Benning is one of 10 U.S. Army installations named after a Confederate general. It's named oh after Henry L. Benning, who was a brigadier general in the Confederate Army. And I didn't pull a quote from his Wikipedia page, that, but there was a speech that he gave in support of secession. So this was not one of the generals who just, like, he was born in the South and it, he just felt like it was his duty 
oh, this guy really passionately believed oh, God. in not abolishing slavery. And he even thought that seceding might not be enough, that like one day there would be a North and South, even within the South. And I, it, oof, if you have any interest, go look it up and you'll just cringe. And it does beg the question, you know, the Confederacy was another country that we went to war with and then we defeated them. Does it make any kind of sense that any country would name a military base after generals of an enemy they defeated? Right. <laughs> it's just so great. Like even remove the reasons for the war from it, which are abhorrent also. Yeah. It's just nonsensical. Okay. That's my soapbox <laughs> moment. It's <laughs> wow. a good soapbox. That's a, like a really good, interesting point. Yeah. Like why, why name the thing? Like are, like are we naming our- anything after Nazi generals? I- <laughs> We right? defeated them too. Right? Uh, no, they were our enemy. I, <laughs> no. I guess it's complicated, I, I suppose, because they had been Americans and then they became Americans again after the Union was preserved. But uh, it's still just, no. it's weird to yeah. me. I did watch it with Jordan this episode. And he, when he heard that, the name of that, because I think Zeke mentioned something like, oh, it was hell there or something. Or Jordan's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> Apparently he oh, knows something Jordan, about it. Was Jordan He was there? in the Air Force, and I don't think he was, well, I don't think he was there, but maybe he was. I actually don't know. I actually remember. <laughs> That's not one of the ones I remember him, like, strongly mentioning. But he seemed to know something about it, whether through his colleagues or other people or I don't know. Anyway, broadly speaking, because we've been analyzing everything so closely, <laughs> Adam's enthusiastic embrace of anything, quote, normal that interests max has taken on almost a sinister tone for me like as soon as he hears that max might want to trick-or-treat he is all over it and it just makes me wonder is that good because on one hand wouldn't you want to encourage anything that's more typical of most kids or our culture in general just to, to maybe forge connections and make things easier for them or is any pursuit of stuff like that just trying to normalize them? I, I don't know. It it makes me appreciate that that's probably a struggle parents of kids with autism feel and that they would question their own motives a lot. And, and, and then that makes me think maybe I'm bothered that Adam doesn't ever seem to question his own motives. Mm. He's yeah. not having that struggle. He just leaps at, at anything. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have much of a struggle with his thoughts or his choices. He's always very like, let's do this. Let's do it yeah. this way. Even um, when he says, let's train him, he, and then he immediately, like not in this episode, but a few back. And then he like corrects himself and he says, I know that sounds bad, but I feel like he should be more upset that he said that <laughs> than he is. You know, he's like, oh, I just didn't say it right. Yeah, like, um, let's unpack that, Adam. Why, yeah, why yeah. is that thought in your head? It's interesting. Yeah. Julia, what are your thoughts on how Adam raises max like thus far you know what do you think he's you know i feel like he's he fights against the reality of max a lot and he does try to always get him to and like i think it has exactly what caleb was saying i think it has a lot to do with your motivation as a parent because i think that influences how you go about the things that you do and that it probably is a big concern as a parent for any kid that you're raising let alone a kid on the spectrum but 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I've all, I always feel like they're very, like, they're very, like, we will like make the world for Max. And mm. for me, I kind of am like, you know, why don't you let Max live in the real world? Like if there's like, for me, I thought it was a little intense that they were like, here's like some fake fire to put in your, you know, in your pumpkins <laughs> so that you don't scare our kid on Halloween. I'm just like, wow, that's a big, like you're going through the whole neighborhood doing this. Like on the one hand, I see like how incredibly, how much they love their son and how much they're willing to do for their son. And I, I see the value of that. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, but do you want your son to live in this fake world or do you want to like, what's the, re- you know, what's the reality of the situation? So I don't know. I go back and forth a little bit, but I do feel that they're a little bit intense and that they're always like, whatever's best for Max, but not necessarily whatever's best for everybody else in the situation and Max. It's just what's best for Max. And that always kind of bugged me. I bumped on the same thing with the fire and everything. I did too. It re- just reminded me of this old proverb, prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Ooh, mm-hmm. nice. That's good. And yet I totally agree with you. Their their intentions couldn't be better. And I also wondered when she had that, Christina had that massive pile of glow sticks <laughs> on her kitchen island. And I just wanted to say, what is Adam's salary at this shoe factory? Because <laughs> she, I mean, I feel like she had hundreds of these things. Even if they were only a dollar, like you went out and spent $400 <laughs> on glow sticks. That's bigger yeah. than my glow stick budget. I'll tell you that for damn sure. I just like to imagine that that pile was like the rejection pile of all the neighbors who were like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I which I I don't mean that to sound mean. I I totally bumped on it too. I was like I've I've spoken before of kind of their entitlement and privilege and that to me more than a sweet gesture for their son felt like really out of line to try to control everybody else, you know, and and try to yeah, cater to to max and i feel like i wonder what gabby would have said honestly like i feel like gabby would have been like well okay there is fire <laughs> you know i just feel like she would have been like so how do we prepare for that fire you know? exists <laughs> yeah and, and so i don't know what the answer is but uh, you know and, and maybe maybe that was a good thing but it just felt overboard to me like i loved i said it before but like practicing trick-or-treating with hattie even though it didn't go very well i was like that seems like an appropriate way to prepare your son because you're just doing that, you know, with your own family and you're not trying to control everyone else. And you're, you're trying to teach Max how this is going to go. So I, I thought that was great. And they do go see Dr. Tweety Bird about this. And, <laughs> you know, while we're mentioning Adam's attitude is maybe not the most constructive, we do see a bit of an opposite side from Christina, I think. This is important to me. Right. This is our family's holiday. That's because your family's insane. It's one <laughs> holiday that we have where there isn't any family drama. Honey. And I would like my son to be a part of it. Actually, we can't get him out of the house. guess what? Okay. <laughs> a few years ago, I celebrated Halloween. I didn't want Max to feel left out, so we sort of made a game out of it. Okay. okay? We turned off all the lights, and we hid from all the trick-or-treaters. We went upstairs, and we played a game of Monopoly with a flashlight. All right, Doc, listen. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, do we or don't we? You know, if Max wants to try this, why don't you follow his lead? Hmm? All right. Are you kidding? 
He's never done this before. Uh, and I understand, and your concerns are completely valid, but if Max is truly motivated to try this, that's an opportunity that you don't want to pass by. I think the key to this is preparation. Preview for Max as much as you possibly can. Let him know exactly what he's going to be getting into ahead of time. Right. Keep it small. I think probably best just the three of you this year. Right. So a couple things. <laughs> Halloween seems like a weird family holiday to me, even with Zeke's explanation. And no drama? Adam says, oh, it's the one holiday where we have no drama. With the with this family? With these people? I don't believe that. I love that Christina calls them insane. It feels like such a moment of honesty. Like she's just, it's like, oh, you're always biting your tongue, aren't you? Just not saying what you think about this family you found yourself enveloped by. And then Monopoly with the flashlight? I thought Max didn't like board games. Oh, Again. Yeah. And that's not like, oh, he's learned. She says they did this years ago. Anyway, the actual point I noticed in this scene is that as much as Adam is reaching to normalize Max, Christina is maybe displaying a different coping mechanism, which is being so fearful, so cautious, and shielding him from things that maybe he actually is ready for. I thought that was a pretty believable way of showing that side. Yeah. You know, she says he's never done this before. If that's your metric, then he's just going to stop developing at age nine. Hmm. Right. Because you always, it's always going to be the first time you've done something when you learn a new skill. You can't avoid that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I also almost think like, why like why is she that fearful like what is the worst thing that could happen right he's is is that he like loses mind right and he, and he freaks out or whatever and then maybe that he develops like a bigger issue around halloween or a bigger issue around something you know i could see that maybe being the bigger issue. i'm just trying to think it out right now because i thought perhaps too maybe she was afraid that if he didn't do this that might mean something to her like if he couldn't achieve this then she would feel like, oh, wow, like this is knowing that he can't do this. It feels like it's closing a door on possibilities mm. for him. It's also funny, Melissa, that you mentioned Gabby. This seems like a prime opportunity to have Gabby with them. Yeah, Slap a costume true. on Gabby and have her go trick-or-treating with them and she can help. Maybe she was booked already or maybe she's off doing tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> she's on her break. <laughs> yeah that's true though like I mean I wonder if that's something that would be like above and beyond her job description but maybe maybe pay her extra or or at least consult her but I guess if you have Dr. Pelican then that's probably good um but yeah no that's a good point I, I just would have been interested to hear what what she thought I guess because I always like what she says I in fact like what she says often more than than Dr. Pelican like I, I often think she's just so reasoned she seems to have really great insights and she's so good with Max. So anyway. Yeah, definitely. Well, like you said, they take his advice and try to prepare Max as much as possible. I don't get it. I, I don't want a trick. So shouldn't I just say treat or just like give me candy? Well, yeah, but honey, I didn't make up the rules. I just know what it takes to get a mini Snickers or. But <laughs> what if someone gives me an almond joy? Do I have to take it? 
Well, yeah, you take it and you're polite about it, but you can bring it home and maybe dad will eat it. He likes coconut. Like, coconut looks like the saliva an ambush bug secretes in order to immobilize its prey. It's disgusting. Who would want to eat saliva in order to immobilize Your himself? dad. He loves it. Okay. Now we're here. <laughs> knock on the door. Okay, go. Knock. There's no doorbell. So when that, just knock hard. Might be an old person inside. Lady. What a cute costume. What are you? What, what do you do? say? Thank you, you. No, you don't say thank you yet. You say. Trick or treat! Oh, oh scary. <laughs> Take a piece of candy. Thank you. I love Neko wafers. We put this in the bag and we don't eat it till we get home because I have to check piece. it. Young man, would you like a candy piece? What do you say? Thank you. No, you say. Okay, Max, <laughs> if you don't say trick-or-treat, I can't give you candy. But even if I say trick-or-treat, it's not really Halloween, so I won't get candy. And even if it was Halloween, there's nothing in that bowl. It's true. We're just pretending, except you're practicing, okay? There's you're just nothing practicing in this today. Bowl. You get a sticker Does anyone today. else have to practice? No. Did you? No. Why are you making me practice because when no one else has to practice? It's just because we're practicing, Max. Ten stickers. You get one sticker, and that's enough. Okay, Christina, nobody likes Necco wafers. <laughs> Stop lying to your kids. <laughs> Was that part of the practice? Like, what do you do when you get candy you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Good point. Maybe. I like that. Uh, I know I said it before, but God, how funny is Hattie? Like, oh, happy Halloween Eve. Oh, I can't do her voice. It was perfect. So yeah. Great. Actually, I feel like she was so expressive in that, in that scene, and I sometimes she comes off kind of flat to me, like a little kind of like, I felt like she really did a lot there. (laughs) (laughs) Also, is that her last scene in the episode? I think it is. I feel like Hattie just disappears. She's so great in the first 15 minutes. And then you just don't see her ever again. Same with Drew. Drew disappears after, like, I don't think he's in past the opening credits. So he just taps his grandfather on the shoulder with his with his zombie arm, and then he gets the hell out. Yeah, easy oh, week yeah. at work for Miles Heiser, I guess. <laughs> In that scene, I was surprised at first that the house they were at also had a dragonfly door knocker, and then I realized that they were at their own house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went through that exact a same confused. thing. I did the same thing. Well, this episode is our first sighting of an actor named Googie Gress. Googie Grass. Is that the little kid that, is it the little kid No, he's he's the guy walking his dog. Oh. And I only bring it up because I don't want to spoil too much, but this actor will be in future episodes. So don't forget his name. Googie Grass. With a name like Googie Grass. How could you? (laughs) By the way, now that we're on talking about songs and theme songs i often am singing when i when i listen to the you guys is on the podcast i'm often singing hair and her pass <laughs> yeah <laughs> like to my to my husband's like oh my gosh like, <laughs> <laughs> we actually debated several names for this podcast but Caleb was like, it's got to be parenthood pals i already wrote the jingle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that was the first the first suggestion that melissa threw out and then it inspired me. And then I got, fell in love with it. <laughs> I love it. It's very catchy. Thanks. 
The show does throw in some nice little Halloween references. We're gonna cut through the park to avoid Elm Street. Under no circumstances are we to go down Elm. You got it? Okay. There's a really scary house on Elm Street. It is quite literally a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I LOL'd. I was that <laughs> I loved that. And not just this the line, the joke, but his delivery. It is quite literally. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? Did you like that? was good that was that was cute yeah sorry (laughs) you weren't as taken with it as as i was that's cool that's what what else all right what what else you got um we have this i have this last scene between adam and christina honey i love you and i want to thank you for everything you did to make tonight work you're welcome all right yeah and i want to thank you for the safety lights for the maps for harassing all the neighbors, for putting up with my family, for putting up with me. And I just want to thank you for all the planning, you know, and the fact that you were willing to go see Dr. Pelican and go along with it. I honestly, I don't know how you make everything work all the time, but you do, you're amazing. So I got you a little something. It's the last one. Honey, that's very sweet, thank you. I love you, honey. Hey. Thank you. This was really sweet of you. And I hate Halloween. But I love you. I just thought, man, that is so sweet. I don't have much else to say. Just that gratitude is a good color on everyone. And I will say, I I, I didn't write this down, but thinking about what you said about Zeke's monologue earlier Mm -hmm. and specificity... I do think it's interesting that I find a scene like this so much more romantic than, say, a moonlit dance or some, you know, something that's sort of cliche. It's two people. They are dog tired yeah. <laughs> in ridiculous costumes that are kind of half on, half off. His gift to her is a peanut butter cup and she <laughs> has her one. mouth full for practically the whole scene. <laughs> that was my favorite part of this scene is that she's just chowing down the candy. Yeah, because it feels so specific to them yes. and that their connection feels so real. And I just loved it. And yeah, I think that's the benefit of being specific. That is a scene that would only be romantic between those two people, but it is between them. So it's super romantic, I thought. And just so sweet and nice that Adam took a moment to reflect and really appreciate everything Christina did do, whether it was misguided or not. (laughs) Like we all said, it obviously was coming from such a sincere place. And she does do a lot for that family. My goodness. Oh, yeah. They really do seem like the couple that does that the most. They give each other the support and affirmation. Like I see that all the time and I just feel like they have, they're really like solid on that. They really love each other and, and don't miss appreciating each other. I, I hope this isn't a spoiler. So feel free to cut it if it is, because it's kind of a spoiler of something that never happens. <laughs> um, but I, I remember reading an interview with, with Jason Kadams about coach and Tammy on Friday night lights And it was like, he was talking about how they'd made the decision that they were never going to break them up. 
And so they were allowed kind of in their fights to go to some interesting places because they sort of already had the knowledge that that was never going to be a storyline for them, that they would, you know, get to a dark place and break up. And so, again, if this is a spoiler, feel free to cut, but but they don't break up, um, Adam and Christina. They are, they are pretty rock solid, if I'm recalling. And I wonder if it's the same for them, you know, that, that, that maybe it's like, okay, feel free to just have that knowledge that maybe even in real life you don't get to have um, because it's real life. And um, maybe that influences how they see each other or how they have to play things. And their their storylines have to come from different places than, you know, breaking up, getting back together, like so many couples on so many other um, shows. And so I, I don't know. I just like... I always thought Chandler and Monica were much more interesting than Ross and Rachel because like once they got together, they stayed together. And so their conflicts had to strengthen them instead of uh, break them up. So anyway, I just I always love that sort of thing. Good point. Yeah. In other Halloween news. I want to be a beauty queen. Come again? I want to be Miss California. Sweetie, why do you want to be a ladybug? Like you were last year, that was so cute. Whoa. I was a ladybug when I was little. I think you're still pretty little. I'm not little, and I want to be Miss California. Okay, why don't we discuss it later? No, Mom, I know what I want. I want to be Miss California. Okay, we're going to think about it, and then we'll discuss it later. I loved that storyline. Even though it was really small, I thought it was such an interesting conflict of what happens when your kid wants to dress like something that actually offends you. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they didn't just shut it down. I was waiting for the conversation for the them, for Joel and Julia to be like, well, are we going to let her do this or not? You know, like, but then I see how Julia tries to combat it with her costume. Mm-hmm. I love you know, that. She's she's oh, Amelia Earhart. She's this you know wonderful you know pioneering female character, female you know, and Kansas native. Oh, well, that's look so... at you, Kayla. <laughs> Did not know that. Something um, for us to be proud of. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like she's trying she's trying to just do it by example. She has her conversations, but she lets her daughter go ahead and be what. Which I think, I mean, I think ultimately that was probably like good you know like i think so too she's a child you know but yet you're still modeling for her like here's this you know so i thought that was actually pretty good actually well in that first scene i was a little dubious about julia's promise of we'll discuss it later based on where that led with her and joel when they were discussing whether to have another baby she promised (laughs) to discuss it later but she took it as we're just gonna do what i want to (laughs) do anyway but yeah i thought i that struggle is real my sister, her daughter is super girly girl. And she has a hard time sometimes trying to figure out how much is okay. Is there a line to draw? And I don't think she would even call herself a feminist per se, but she definitely believes girls shouldn't be limited from anything because they're girls. And I think she does worry about dresses and makeup and jewelry and princesses and all that stuff does that instill some kind of retrograde thinking but it's clearly what she likes and she didn't get it from anywhere because I think she liked that stuff even before she like ever even seen a Disney movie or they don't let her play with Barbies so she didn't get it from that it's 
it's crazy. And are you going to deny your kid something that they clearly like? Especially since this particular storyline really made me think of how similar Sydney is to her mom. Yes, their central viewpoint is different, but she is kind of lawyering her way through every scene. She has a way of combating every, you know, when Joel's like, it's too cold in October to wear that. She's like, well, Miss California has a fur coat. She's got like an answer for everything, (laughs) you know? I loved it first when she said, no, mom, I know what I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's assertive. I I wish Sarah could learn something from her. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's funny. It's like, well, I could see where you maybe wouldn't want to shut down your daughter asserting herself in such a way and knowing herself and knowing what she wants. And so even if you disagree, I think there's power in in that. And then I actually thought the resolution of that storyline was so sweet. Like just, okay, they let her, nothing bad happened. And, you know, at the end, when they were worried that she was growing up too fast, there was that like adorable, like she's jumping on the bench. She's like, I love candy. I love chocolate. I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. And so it's like, oh, she's still little. You know, it was just very sweet that it wasn't like a dramatic ending. It was just, oh, she's she still gets to be little for a little while longer. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, she does have an answer for everything. I loved the scene between Julia and her at the mirror. You know how we've talked about it's wrong to judge people by the way that they look, right? Mm-hmm. And do you know how beauty contestants are judged? Talent, swimsuit, and interview. Right. Well, mostly they're judged by how they look. And that's wrong. So, all I'm saying is we do still have your ladybug costume. You know, in in the case that you decide you have moral issues with what you're wearing. I wrote down, why do we still have beauty pageants? I'm all for scholarships, but the parading around does feel like an anachronism from another era. I guess that's redundant, but like, could they add additional categories maybe? Like make them <laughs> make them run through an obstacle course. <laughs> or, or, or in heels. Like, no, no, no. In, in like, in, yeah. Or, but like, or trivia, like. Who's the smartest? Or I, I don't know. And it made me wonder: Is there such a thing as men's pageants? And I, I did a quick Google Mr. search. Mister Universe. Not very thorough. That I think is bodybuilding. Yeah. Oh right. Never mind. That I did different. find some info about something called Mister Global, which was founded in 2014 and promotes cultural representation and environmental awareness. Huh. But the pictures I saw were all guys with like glistening hairless six packs and giant pecs. So it's not like the typical beauty standards were any less problematic. It's just, it feels bizarre. The whole idea. Have you ever heard the, or watched the John Oliver segment on Miss America? It was super interesting. It's been a few years for me since I've seen it, but it was, it was like really taking it to task. And when it says like, it's a scholarship based program, it's like really misleading. And I, I just remember finding it very informative. I, I really don't know much about beauty pageants. So that's my, although I do think I don't either. Isn't Miss America quite different from like Miss USA though, which goes on to Miss universe. Cause one of them really is just beauty pageant. Right. I, yeah. And the other one does at least have some pretense of something more <laughs> substantial. 
didn't one of them get rid of the swimsuit competition at some point? I feel like maybe we should look might this be up. right. I think so. The one like when Gretchen Carlson took over running it, they got rid of it. Maybe so. I I do think that that would help. <laughs> I feel like that's you know even when Sydney had all the answers, you know, like talent interview, I'm like, oh, but you still gotta say swimsuit, don't you? Don't you, Sydney? That doesn't really sound yeah. so great. Yeah. But the whole storyline, which I agree, was packed a big punch especially for how little screen time it had. Mm-hmm. It was a really thoughtful plot line. It reminded me of this Sarah Silverman bit. Stop telling girls they can be anything they want when they grow up. I think, <laughs> I think it's a mistake. Not because they can't, but because it would have never occurred to them they couldn't. You're planting that seed in their heads. It's like saying, hey, when you get in the shower, I'm not going to read your diary. (laughs) Hold on, are you going to read my diary? (laughs) What, are you crazy? I just said I'm not going to read your diary. Get in the shower. (laughs) That's excellent. Uh, I think it's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think you do have to combat things in this society, but yeah, it's almost can be. It can be a little patronizing or overwhelming if you hear that a lot. Almost like you're expecting that I can't be. And you're trying to, or you're, that I don't know that, and I'm. You know, yeah, I get. I get that. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that play out with many different messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to a storyline that I liked a lot less. Oh, I think I could guess which one it is. Go for it. Is it the Sarah storyline? Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) You know, I just hate it. And I think admitting that in the last episode has lessened my tolerance for it. Like once I once I just gave in to my opinion, now there's no going back. I just hate it. I'm like watching the whole thing. Wait, which part do you hate? Let's ask Juliet. What are your thoughts on Gordon? The boss? Yeah. Uh, okay. you know. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's gonna... He, I, yeah. <laughs> that says it all. That it says does. it all. It really does. And also, could it not be considered sexual harassment to be hitting on For your... sure. Intern? <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. And expecting her to be okay with how, you know, that's a little bit of a tricky, already a tricky situation that he's, that he's uh, delving into there. So, but I will say in this episode, he does give us a little bit more to go on. He gives us a different perspective. He's, he's there when we think, oh, maybe he's going to flake, you know? So, you know, that's how I feel. I don't know. That's good. That's good. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big (laughs) fan, but you know. Well, let's tackle this scene. Sarah confides in Julia about the kiss. Okay, you kissed Gordon? Yes, I did. My boss, Adam's boss, the boss, you know, he was sexy and appealing and he's got the hair that's like slicked back except for when it flops forward. Sarah. I I was powerless to to stop myself. He made me feel smart. He made me feel like I was doing a good job. He he made me feel like for a minute, maybe I could be with the successful, good looking guy. You can. No, I can't, Julia. Yes, you can. Those guys like you, okay? They they will kiss me in the parking lot and then never call me. 
Oh my God, I'm sorry. I saw him at work today. He ignored me. Okay, I, I hate to quote mom here, but you know what she told us in high school. Um, you can get pregnant in a hot tub even if you don't have sex. What? Hmm? Oh. She said that? Maybe we got different talks. What did she say to you? She said boys are dumb. Oh, that one, yes. Boys are dumb. Well, especially the ones I pick. Oh, yes, I got one that minute, one. One minute, please. Thank you. Boys are dumb, okay? It's not you. It's not, okay? I can't ever show my face there again. <laughs> I acted like an idiot. What you're going to do is go back in there with your head held high. And you're going to give Eric an accounting his latte? No. Yes? You're going to hold your head high? No. Let's, let's do this. And you're not going to let that jerk ruin your career, okay? I just don't understand why Julia's advice like quoting mom is boys are dumb. I'm like, okay, he's a full grown man and um, he is dumb, but not because, oh, he's just like not paying attention to Sarah. No, he's, he's a predatory jerk. I, I, I like what, why not use this opportunity for Julia to be like, well, he took advantage of you and Julia, um, the lawyer. Yes. <laughs> Julia, the lawyer. I just can't believe she's like, boys are dumb. You know, like you're cute and pretty. He should like you. Like, I'm like, what is this conversation? I actually liked Sarah's end of it because it really helped me get into her head. Like what she was thinking, you know, like, okay, she really does like him. And it makes her feel maybe important that someone who is important was interested. Okay, maybe this is where your mind was in last episode. Gotcha. But it just was very frustrating, I think, that that Julia didn't sort of... She wasn't able to kind of steer this in the right direction. And I think it's because the show wants us to find this, like, acute storyline. And I just don't. Yeah. Also... Whatever happened to the other guy that she liked? Just fell off the plane. That happens a lot in this show, by the way. You're like, <laughs> what? where's the resolution? How did this end? Like, we don't know. There was a, <laughs> a throwaway line at the beginning of the, the episode. That's right. By Camille, Cam right? Yes. She's like, you look hot. <laughs> she says to her daughter, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, and, and she was like, is that for that forklift mic? I think she even said that. And he, she was like, oh, that's done. And I'm like, what? Forklift mic is gone. And that's that's all we get. And, just and based out. on this discussion with Julia, you kind of have to assume it's because she sees Gordon as like a higher status. Yeah. yeah she said, oh, I, I can't be with this type of guy. These kinds of guys are with Julia, not with me. So she was clearly thinking, hey, maybe I've got a shot at a guy like this instead of working class, blue collar forklift operators. Yeah, man. It did make me think like she the way she's talking about Gordon in this scene with Julia. I feel like she's talking about him more as a symbol than as a flesh mm. and blood person. Yeah, And that's yeah. not going to lead to clear thinking or good decision making. And it's funny. I knew Melissa because you selected this scene like as a clip to be played before I had watched the episode a second time. And so I was thinking about why doesn't Julia say it's sexual harassment? And I think it's because, at least to me, it's clear from Sarah's perspective, she is not thinking of this in those terms. That may be wrong of her, but she isn't. She's thinking of it as, oh, the guy I like doesn't like me back. Mm -hmm. And thus, perhaps boys are dumb is fitting advice 
maybe what I'm really upset by is that Sarah isn't seeing the bigger picture. And then maybe it would be better advice for Julia to try and get her to see the bigger picture. (laughs) Yeah. Rather, Sarah is just so susceptible, I think, to compliments and validation. Does she just automatically equate that with love? She said, he made me feel smart and this and that and that. Only because he said you were good at your job. That doesn't, where it shouldn't mean he's in love with you. Here's where the lines just get so murky because I was about to say that doesn't mean he's in love with you, except that he kissed you. So that is not an unreasonable inference to draw. I don't know. And here's, I'm just going to voice a really potentially ugly thought that was in my mind. I feel like this would not happen to a man. A man wouldn't kiss his boss and then justify it by saying, she was nice to me. She made me feel special. Mm. And then freak out when she's not talking to me anymore. Uh, I will hasten to add, I think 95% of why this wouldn't happen to a guy is because so rarely are women bosses. And then when they are, they rarely kiss their employees. <laughs> it's just a woman boss, I don't think would do that. I think it could happen. I, I think you're right that it would be the exception probably because. Right. Well, I probably... just think that's behavior, both behavior and whatever. Well, I, there, I, there it is. I, I'm not saying I'm right. That thought did just occur to me though. I had not thought of that. I think sexual harassment can happen both ways. I think it might look different. Um, True. I do. I do know that. Not that. Not that Mark, my husband has um, ever been like sexually harassed at work. He has not, but it is an interesting situation because he is um, an elementary school teacher. So the dynamics at his workplace are very different from like, like our traditional workplace that we might be thinking of where the men are like in power. And, you know, like he's had a lot of um, women bosses because they're like the principal of the school, you know, or something, Mm. or like he's maybe one of just a few male, um, you know, teachers in the whole building and most of them are women. And so I think it's sort of interesting to be married to someone who um, is in the, you know, he's, he's a man, he's a white straight man, but he's in the minority at his uh, workplace. And so that is sort of interesting. And, huh. and he, you know, people will sometimes, I think, like almost like call him Han or, you know, like things like that, you know, like, and I think it's meant as like a, I don't know how to, you know, term of endearment. Yes. But you know, I think that it's friendship. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Hard hard to know, but I think it is possible for like a man to be put in that position. It's just, you're right. Usually men, I think are the ones in positions of power. Uh, But I think if it switches, then the dynamics can switch, you know? So I I think that is uh, an interesting thing to think about. I was proud of Sarah for how honest she was with Gordon and really kind of in her way, standing up for herself. Really? The company-wide memo? I'm confused. Is, is there a problem? No, I just feel like you're b- being weird. We, I, I'm, I'm running my company. Yes, but we kissed. We kissed, yeah. In a parking lot. Yeah, and it was fantastic. And now... Now, uh, you want to know what's going to happen next? No, please. <laughs> yes, yeah, sort of. And you'd like to talk about it? right now. No, 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 no. I, I don't know. Sarah, look, I I think you're a wonderful, lovely woman. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Forget it. No, that's okay. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out. Hear me out. You don't understand. I, you know, I've got a conference call that I'm three minutes late for, and, mm. to, you know, to be honest... It's, Please, uh, be honest. To be honest. Um, we have very different lifestyles. What does that mean? 
That means that uh, you have kids and I have a boat. Having a boat is a lifestyle? We're acting like teenagers. No, no, maybe I'm not teenager enough for you. Well, well, you know, that's not fair. Hey, please, Sarah, please. Okay, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. Let's forget it. Let's forget the whole thing ever happened. I really like my job. That's what matters. Let's just forget it. I... I'm fine. I'll wait for the memo. You know, the younger te- the younger interns are just a lot more pliable. Uh, <laughs> I just wonder if he thinks that. Like, oh, I shouldn't have kissed a woman my own age. It's just like question after question. So much drama now. <laughs> oh, how I wish they did just forget it. <laughs> that it just ended there. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was a productive conversation. I didn't love how either of them was handling it. But like I said, I actually thought Sarah was being pretty courageous and pretty honest. And Gordon was just being smarmy. And it also bothered me that nothing he said, however valid it might be, nothing he said was anything he didn't know before he kissed her about, oh, we have different lifestyles. Or, but that's not news to you. And so if it's disqualifying now, it should have mm-hmm. already been disqualifying and you shouldn't have made a move. Mm-hmm. That's just really messed up in oh, my you're mind. Right, like Kaylee. that feels really predatory. That's really smarmy. Uh, on a much less important note, why does she keep mentioning the parking lot detail? She did that with Julia, and she did it here too. She's like, "You kissed me in a parking lot. Like that used to mean something." I don't know. Like, I, I have no <laughs> idea why that is like pertinent information. It kind of made me laugh. Um, anyway, that's not important huh. <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's just like you kissed me in front of my mother like I feel like that would have been important information you know like that meant so you know but you kissed me in a parking lot like yeah that's maybe just that it was a public place oh, although yeah. I don't know yeah anyway I also find it strange that then in the next scene we see him in he's had a complete change of heart and what what, what brought this? it about yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand although he's he says one thing that I really hate it where he goes, I love it when people say no to me. And I put, then you would love the fuck out of me because I'm screaming (laughs) no at my television from the living room. He was the one who was shutting it down. Did did it take her saying no for him to snap to? Here's a list of all the douchey things he said in that scene. Um, I love (laughs) it. I love it. I got a little list. Of douchey things Gordon said. I love it when people say no to me. It was also on my list. Uh, Sweetheart, this is for you, which is not to Sarah, but to the random woman sitting next to him when he's like buying everyone a beer, which was supposed to be charming. And if I didn't hate him, maybe I would find it charming. But since I hate him, it wasn't. Um, And then... Then it wasn't in the exact same scene, but it was later when they went to go get Amber. He said... Well, I'm a, I have a super fast car. I'm a super fast driver. We'll get after our sushi. It's going to be hot. I, I, I was like, she's worried about her daughter. What the hell is the matter with you? I was like, why are you saying that the after hour sushi is going to be hot as you're like, maybe you're trying to comfort her. Like it's no big and we'll be eating our after hour sushi in no time. But I was like, don't turn this into a date. You're rescuing her daughter and her drunk friend. Remember when Amber told Hattie, you don't want to lose your V card to a cliche. That is good (laughs) advice. And while the V card may not be pertinent in this situation, the rest of it still stands. Yes. He is just a cliche. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. So, Juliet, I hope we didn't, like, overwhelm you with our hatred of him. Um, and, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did, I mean, 
<laughs> Were you like, I kind of thought he was sweet. Gordon's but, you know, my favorite love interest. No, definitely not my favorite love interest. I didn't think he was, yeah. I didn't think he really was going to stick around. But I don't hate him as much as you guys, but I, I do see all the points <laughs> you're making. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, he knew what he was getting himself into. And then to to say, oh, yeah, but you have kids. Yeah, you knew that. And you still made the choice you made. I got to say, I don't think I felt this strongly about him in previous watches. So I'm really not sure why it is catching me like this this time. Um, After the Me Too movement? <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, I really think that might be it. I, yeah. And you know what's funny? I would have said that I was enlightened on that issue and that I knew sexual harassment was a thing and that I knew women had things they had to deal with that I hadn't had to deal. And yet I think it did change my perspective. And I wonder, I wonder what their attitude about it was like in the writer's room. I want to note, like this episode was written by a woman Mm -hmm. and I'm sure she didn't, she's not personally responsible for the whole storyline. She just wrote this episode, but were any of the women in the room thinking this is actually a horrible storyline but then the showrunner was like no it's good and we got billy baldwin so we're gonna do it i bet you so much that they were like we got billy baldwin and everyone's gonna be really charmed by him so i bet that's what they were focusing on and maybe they were thinking well if it's consensual then what's the problem you know maybe they weren't even thinking about power dynamics or you know things and i should say it's not his it's not william baldwin's fault i feel like he's playing the part well yeah it's just like it's the character i I don't like it's not him. Yeah. He if is anything, handsome. you know, he's he's doing such a good job <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> I'm really disliking him. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. Also, I was so unimpressed with him in the scene where he gets Kelsey out of the pool. Sarah and Amber were talking to her, trying to get her to make a good decision. And she wasn't drowning or anything. She was just standing in the pool. And then he forcibly removed her. I, yeah, yeah, I think that's for her own good, probably, in that moment. But I hardly think that makes him, as Amber says, kind of amazing. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> also, Juliet. sidebar, I loved Amber's costume so oh much. Oh, my God. And I hate Kelsey's so much. <laughs> uh, I just was watching that, and I thought, I know exactly who I'd be friends with here. <laughs> yeah. The big banana. Love the banana costume. She's really appealing. <laughs> She's yeah no I loved it I love that she is so confident and cool that she can wear like the most unflattering just weirdest costume and be like isn't it funny it's so great I'm like <laughs> that is like really being very cool at that oh. age to not need to wear some sexy costume or you know whatever um, but Juliet I was curious if you had a thought on the Kelsey pool situation because I do have a thought but I I wanted to get your opinion if you had it if you don't I'll just about say mine. her removal. Yeah, about, about, um, yeah, because I mean, I could just go too. I don't mean to put you And did he have to dive head first like an Olympic swimmer? <laughs> he was showing off. He got that he from Julia. He just waited in. Maybe he too was all CIF. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's not like she was oh. <laughs> in a raging whitewater rapids. It was a backyard pool. In the season one episode where um, Julia was um, wanting to teach Sydney how to swim, she kept saying she was all CIF in high school. So, oh, right. Uh, then she right. also like dove in at her, you know, at Sydney's like practice and it was like really dramatic. Um, so I was, 
I was going to say, I actually, I think I disagree with you. As much as I don't like Gordon, I actually loved that he got her out of the pool. And I had remembered that you didn't like that. So I was keeping that in mind. And I was like, I totally get why Caleb doesn't like this because she's fully capable of getting herself out of the pool. And the women, you're right, are on it. They're talking her through it. But I think what I liked about it was like that horrible Howard was like, you're making a fool out of yourself. I was like, oh, he's the worst. He's, he's worse than Gordon even, which is really saying something. I hated True. him. Yeah. And so I liked that everyone was, okay, I didn't like that everyone was making fun of her. Let me rephrase. Everyone was making fun of her. And so I liked that I think Gordon's motivation was let's stop the ridicule. Let's just get her out of the pool. And later when he did give that bit of character development about how he had a, a an ex, I, I didn't know if it was a wife or a girlfriend, but maybe a wife who... Um, I think he did say ex-wife. Okay, maybe he did. Um, That she was, um, you know... Although now I doubt it. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, well, an ex with... He was good with drunk women. And at first I was like, what a creepy thing to say. Then he clarified. And I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Um, that, That he was good at, like, you know, maybe knowing what to do when someone has a problem. And I was like, okay, I I did kind of like that. And I thought, well, Sarah knows what that's like with Seth, you know, having a a Mm. drug problem, her you know, Amber and Drew's dad. So I, I kind of liked that a little. I mostly still think he's the worst, but I, I, I didn't think it was just showboating getting her out of the pool. Although now that we're talking about it, I'm like, he did dive. I kind of forgot that. That is a little showboaty. Um, <laughs> so anyway, although thought, you make yeah. a very good point, I think yeah. that I hadn't considered. And you maybe also clarify my own thinking Perhaps what I dislike more than what he did is their reaction to it. Mm, he's kind of amazing. That was nice of him. It was good of him. It wasn't kind of amazing. Hearing you say that, I, I would I would just say, oh, that was thoughtful of him. Oh, but maybe from Amber's point of view, you know, she's been watching her drunk friend in the pool for who knows how long. And then this stranger who doesn't even know her just goes True. right in and gets her. So maybe according to her, maybe it would be. What are your yes. thoughts, Julia? You're right. I feel like he was very solution and action oriented in this in this scene. Like obviously she's been in there. They've had enough time to call for help. So Amber's probably been trying to get her out of the pool for a while. And then like for them to just continue to try to reason with a drunk person in a pool mm. and be like, come on, no, get out. Like hasn't been working, right? So he's just like, uh, <laughs> let's just take care of this. Cause yeah, I I can appreciate that. And they just it I, it didn't occur to them to like, I mean, Amber's in a Costume, she might drown if she tries to go in after <laughs> that big banana is gonna, banana 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 right? gonna get, it's gonna get heavy, it's gonna weigh her down, you know. But <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was, I was okay. actually kind of glad, and it and and it was kind of like you see that happen sometimes where people will just talk about things and then someone just does something and takes care of it, and you're like, Well, thank goodness, thanks for doing that. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, yeah. Oh, don't please don't try to talk to her for like. 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad she puked in his car, though. <laughs> My favorite thing Kelsey's done yet. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the last thread of story in this episode. Crosby and Jasmine. And it begins with them taking Jabbar to his first day at Sycamore Charter. Dude, this is incredible. How did you do this? Do what? Do what? You have the best cubby in the whole class. It's blue, your favorite color. It's at waist level, so you don't hurt your back when you're putting your pack in there. You pay someone off to get it? I didn't. Maybe you're just lucky. You want to give it a shot? 
see it. Are you new? Do you want to see the class pet? His name is Marvin, and he eats crickets. Sometimes he leaves the heads. Okay. Bye, buddy. Have a good day. Okay. I mean, is there anything sweater? No, it was so cute. I could die. I just they continue to steal my heart, and I say, "Rob me blind." Yeah, I think this was like the cutest, sweetest moment of this episode. You're just like, "Aww," and that little kid that they got was so freaking adorable. I mean, Jabbar's already to me the like he's just the cutest, sweetest, yeah, kid character on the show. Yeah, I did say I did note this is the first appearance of Jensen, played by Cole Sand, and I don't mind spoiling that he will be seen again. Uh, yay! <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, and how nice of him yes. to just extend a welcome to someone new. Oh, that's a special quality. Yeah. It is, and, Sweet. Oh, everyone's delivery in that in that particular scene was perfect. Like the way that Jabbar, you, you even mouthed it, you know, like I love the way that Jabbar and Crosby interact with each other where Crosby's always like, did you, you know, it's all, and like, <laughs> he's, I don't even know how to describe it, but Jabbar's so serious all the time. He's like, I did it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ernest. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, throughout so much of this episode, I feel like, Jasby has their this weird <laughs> commitment game of chicken thing going on. Like, yes. it's almost like they're each daring each other to say what they mean to one another, which is kind of strange. One little I looked it up thing. <laughs> Jasmine mentions that one of the places they were looking at is close to the BART. That's the Bay Area Rapid Transit System. Oh, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. But this little game of chicken thing leads to the aforementioned cheese fries scene. Crosby, I honestly, I don't get you sometimes. You got this incredible kid, you got this beautiful girl who, you know, none of us can for the life of us figure out why she's so in love with you. What's the problem? I don't know, man. It's just, you know, she moved back and forth to New York and I don't know how I feel. How did, how did you know, you know, with Christina when it was the time? just felt it. We were at this game eating cheese fries and she looked at me, smiled, and bam, I didn't want to eat cheese fries with anybody but her. That's how you do it. That's just the specificity. The thing it reminded me of, weirdly, was do you guys remember the movie uh, Good Will Hunting? And um, I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but there's the scene where he talks about uh, Robin Williams talks about how he met his wife who, you know, has since died. And he's he's telling Matt Damon and, and it was also at a game, but it was like in the restaurant outside or something. And he he was talking to her for so long that yeah. he missed the game. And Matt Damon's like, you didn't, you, you missed that game. That was such a great game. And he's like, I had to go see about a girl. Oh my God. Oh, and, yeah. Yes. And you know, I, I don't know, but that's, that's it. When something is so specific like that and, and quiet and not necessarily the cliched, romantic, big overblown moment, 
I am going to remember it forever. You know, I feel like I'm always going to remember that that's how Adam knew he wanted to be with Christina was because they were eating cheese fries. At yeah. A on a list of romantic meals, cheese fries <laughs> is not on the list. No. But if that's the moment when you knew it becomes romantic. Yes. Aww, yes. And it's so funny, before I played that clip back, I would have sworn he said they were at a baseball game. Oh, but just but a he game. He just says we were at a game. And that maybe is to the show's credit that all their major moments are marked by baseball games. <laughs> yeah. That I just filled that little detail in. I saw that too in my head. It was probably baseball. Also, Adam's delivering the speech wearing an old-timey baseball costume. (laughs) I was curious, Caleb, if you looked that up and found out who he was trying to be in particular. I I, I don't think he had a number on. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to guess. I was like, is that Mickey Mandel? Who is that? I don't know. I did wonder if either of you had a moment, a cheese fries moment, where you knew that yours was the one for you. Wow, that's a good question. All right, I'm going to talk about the first moment I saw Mark because I don't believe in love at first sight. Um, so I don't I don't think that it would be accurate to say that I loved him the first time I saw him. But it can feel like that now because, of course, we've been together so long and I can go back and like shade that first moment of seeing him in. But um, and it wasn't even the very first time I ever saw him because he used to come into Hastings all the time where I worked and he had a crush on me like for years before we even knew each other, which is very sweet. But the moment that I really remember us being introduced was at this um, bar and it was a karaoke night and we met through mutual friends. And I remember thinking he was cute and seemed nice. Um, But I what really happened was later he got up on stage and he started um, singing and I, I swear it's almost like I fell in love with him right there because he was, Aww. you know, I, I mean, a good enough singer. It carries a tune, but he's not like a singer and neither am I, but we both love karaoke, you know, and um, he was just so charismatic. Oh, my gosh. He was just hilarious and like dancing around and like just full of character and personality. I feel like I looked at him on that stage and really had a strong sense of who he was. <laughs> and I've, I've never gotten that image out of my head. And that's really even before I knew him. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure that's not when I knew that I was supposed to be with him forever or anything, but that was a moment that I won't forget. Aw, that's so sweet. And you guys both have similar full gusto karaoke <laughs> performances, like... We do. <laughs> and when you go together, it's like, who do I look at? You guys are both. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so fun. For me, I remember the moment when I was first interested in my husband, when I kind of looked at him like, huh, what about this guy? And I actually called, I actually called one of my best friends and I was like, yeah, so so uh, what about, you know, what about Jordan, you know, because I had been to a dinner with him and a bunch of other people. And I was just kind of like listening to, I wasn't even really talking to him so much as just listening to how he was talking with other people. And I was like, huh, this guy is really like mature. And like, so I told my friend and she was like, yeah, you know, my cousin was trying to get you together like years ago, but I just said, don't waste your time on Juliet because she's only interested in little boys. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, thanks. Uh, I was like, well, no, I think I would be, I think I would be interested in, you know, getting to know him and, you know, and so like fast forward, I was sick with the flu and we didn't even live in the same city. Like he lived pretty much like an hour away and would come to visit me after work where I, and then would drive all the way home. And I remember being like, oh, don't, 
come. I'm sick with the flu. Like I am like in pajamas and I'm like looking terrible and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I still want to come. Like I want to come and like, and he came and he like took care of me and was very sweet and just so attentive and like rubbed my feet. And I was just like, okay, this guy is pretty great. (laughs) I think that's what I was kind of like, yeah, I need to really think about this. (laughs) Oh, thanks for sharing. (laughs) I can't believe that I didn't remember that this was the episode where Crosby proposed to Jasmine. I hadn't remembered that either. It's such a unique proposal it didn't occur to me until you criticized Zeke's (laughs) monologue earlier in the episode if one day Halloween is very special to Crosby that will make sense this will make a very good story I didn't know I was going to do it we were eating Jabbar's candy (laughs) I grabbed a spider ring we were both kneeling she was dressed like Pocahontas and I was dressed like Evil Knievel but I completely forgot i I'm sure I will not forget again. I'm sorry I got weird during the house hunting. I just, what I should have said to you is that I don't want you guys to move into a house without me. I want in. I don't want to live without you. Come here, hop up on your knees. Why? What are you doing? I think I'm going, I'm, well, no, I'm definitely gonna. Jasmine, Mm -hmm. AKA Pocahontas. I've done some pretty awesome things in my life. Jumped helicopters, Snake River Canyon, but nothing would be as awesome as marrying you. Will you marry me? End of episode. Yeah. I feel like this is the biggest cliffhanger we've probably had yet. That's yeah. how they hook you. Yeah. I thought it was silly that it was a cliffhanger. <laughs> but anyway, go go ahead, Juliet. What were you going to say? Well, I will say, actually, back when, this is just a comment to back when Adam was like, you have this gorgeous girl who's in love with you and he's talking to Crosby. I was like, is she? <laughs> I was not really <laughs> sure. Like, I know how, you know, we see how Crosby feels. And I'm kind of, I kind of never really knew if Jasmine was like, kind of just I always felt like she was definitely more cautious and she was kind of like well I didn't really see like strong signs but she said yes so I guess I guess she was you know but I wasn't really sure there yeah well she does when they are trying to get Jabbar in the school and she's wearing the ring she's looking at the ring and then looking at Crosby and sort of smiling so that was one little clue and I did notice when Crosby was psyching Jabbar up for his first day of school that she was just standing back sort of beaming at what a good dad he was being. Now, that could just be him being a good dad. Doesn't necessarily mean she wants to marry him. And I think you do raise a good point. I think they definitely show us Crosby falling for her much more than they show us her falling for him. But they also just show us more of him, period. Yeah. Even though we have gotten to know Jasmine a little more, we never see anything in her life that doesn't pertain to a Braverman. Right. Which I suppose makes sense because the show is parenthood and it's about the Braverman family and she's not a member of the family yet. yet. But 
it does limit our exposure to her perspective. I feel like they've done a lot, like you just said, Caleb, in the last few episodes to show that more. But I remember, especially in the first few episodes of the season, really feeling the same way that that Juliet just said. I was like, I feel like she's barely factoring him in before doing things like, you know, going to New York or the European tour. And while I don't think there's anything wrong with like putting career first, I I think that's kind of rad, actually. You know, it's obvious that he's the one who's like, oh, how will this affect us? And she's like, yeah, it'll it'll be fine. (laughs) You know, like, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And it made me and, and I remember, I can't remember what episode it was now, but the very vulnerable speech that um, Crosby gives her where he's like, are you pulling away from me? I feel like I've seen myself do this to other people. And I thought that was very brave and cool of him to, to say that. But yeah, I was, I was right there with you, Juliet. And, and yeah, very interesting, I think. And maybe it's a new feeling for Crosby because I think he's used to being the one who doesn't care as much. Um, so, I yeah, know. I got to say, Crosby, his character <laughs> grows so much on this show. And he's just so, he, I think he might be one of my favorite characters. He's just so much fun. And as a dad, too, like, he's just, like, so, that that dynamic with Jabbar is just really uh, precious. Yes. Well, I didn't pick up so much on wondering if Jasmine would say yes. But I do wonder... <laughs> Is it a good idea for them to get married? Uh, It's hard to know exactly what the timeline is within the show because season one started in 2010 and now we're at Halloween still in 2010. Now, season one was like a half season and maybe you could say that actually it was starting in like fall of 2009 because in the first episode or so you see like Sarah taking drew and amber to a new school i i think you're meant to think it's the first day of school not just their first day at the new school but still like so like maximum jabbar and crosby and jasmine have known each other for 13 months and then minimum they've maybe known each other for nine or ten months that's not very long although i suppose when you know you know and people have gotten married faster like Melissa's parents <laughs> nine days yeah <laughs> and there was a kid why don't involved you, why don't in you that tell one. that story yeah my dad was a single dad you have my brother Dave um who is adopted my dad um got my brother <laughs> in Micronesia when my dad was in the Peace Corps and um my mom and my dad met through you know mutual people and my mom like immediately I mean like immediately was like he's so handsome my dad looked like Robert Redford um and he's had this adorable little boy and you know she invited my dad to a a barbecue at her house and he said yes and she had to like invent a barbecue because that was just a ploy to get him there she wasn't there was no real barbecue so then she threw, yeah that is a sitcom come to life it is and so then she did the, the the thing she made the barbecue he and my brother dave showed up and they got married nine days after that barbecue um they it was kind of crazy town they just they knew they loved each other oh my gosh they um they went to a justice of the peace. My mom considered taking just a half day off work, um, but then she was like, "What the heck? I'm getting married!" And she took the whole day off work. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I it's just like this crazy story. But to me, the crazy part is that they stayed married. Um, 
for 25 years until my dad died, you know, and um, they had me uh, obviously like a, a ways into it because my brother's 11 years older. So nine years, I guess, into their marriage. But yeah, sometimes people get married super duper fast. <laughs> but yeah, I, compared to nine days, nine months or 13 months seems like more than enough time. Yeah, they're, they're fine. And they're just getting engaged. <laughs> they're not getting married. Yeah. I don't know. I no, guess I, we're really spoiling that she says yes. But <laughs> I think she immediately think says yes deduce. in the next episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm so sorry if this is how you found out and you're really bummed out about it. But um, if you were on <laughs> Tinder hooks, is, is that the right? Tenter hooks? Tenter hooks. Yeah. Because I once read a book called Tender hooks and it was like a play on that. Hmm. Anyway, it's a beautiful poetry book about parenthood. A hook wow. used to fasten cloth on a drying frame or tenter. Yeah. I, I hate me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all the time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love you. Juliet all the time too. This is so wonderful. Sorry, this is not the time. We should gush at the end. Um, okay. We we might be close to the end. What what else do we yeah, have? Yeah, I don't know that I had anything else to say about their proposal. I, I thought this overall I thought that was a really fun episode, even though I don't love Halloween all that much. And I, I thought maybe the theme is just like a facing your fears oh. theme. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh. is very appropriate for scary Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Caleb good at pulling out. Now I'm seeing like how that works for Crosby facing his fears of commitment and of course Max and. And also Christina with Max. Like, oh, yeah. like Ju- with Julia, Max. even in her way. And Sarah having tough conversations with Gordon. Gordon, Gordon dating an old woman with kids. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. That reminds me of that, like, Tina Fey and um, Amy Poehler joke at the Golden Globes about the movie Gravity, how Gravity is a movie about uh, George Clooney, like, choosing to spin off into death rather than spend five minutes with a woman his own age. or did you ever see that snl sketch also with tina fey where she was hosting a game show called meet your second wife and it was all these guys and then like toddlers coming out it's like someday you'll be married oh man that's good so yeah well in that case i guess we have made it to the end of our discussion juliet i love you so much this was wonderful love you too wait what does orange alert mean Oh, is it? Be- is that a reference to the terrorism <laughs> scale that the Bush administration? Oh, you know, I just took or, it as- I just did a little Google. Orange <laughs> alert is Syracuse University's crisis notification system. I'm sure that's not what they were referring <laughs> to. I got the orange meaning Halloween and alert yeah. like orange. Alert. This is a Halloween episode. I don't know. <laughs> More than that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm not sure. I, I didn't even think about it, honestly. Orange alert is a medium level. Wait. <laughs> We're watching the research in real time. <laughs> this is how it happens, guys. Here's how the sausage gets the made. Magic behind the scenes. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. It's called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> The category of orange level weather warnings is for weather conditions which have the capacity to impact significantly on people in the affected areas. 
The issue of an orange-level weather warning implies that all recipients in the affected areas should prepare themselves in an appropriate way for the anticipated conditions. Well, that feels like it could be metaphorical. Yeah, I think it probably is it. just that orange is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you're right, though. I mean, they are preparing Max for the conditions of trick-or-treating and such, so I think that totally works. Now that I derailed our wrap-up, well, that's no, that's fine. I'm just gonna tell Juliet again that I love her and that Aww. I'm really, love really you glad. So, thank you. So fun, guys. Really fun thank doing you. Coming on and for watching the whole damn show. That's amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I know that just wasn't for us because if you hated it, you wouldn't have watched right. the whole thing. That's true. Yeah. But still, that's but, awesome. But it's because of you guys that I did watch it. So there you go. Oh, thank you. Part. I mean, thank you for moving in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Yeah. No one will know why I said boop. <laughs> I moved my hands and I said boop like I was being... Anyway, that made it worse. Um, so everyone, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Parenthood Pals, and you can also like us on Facebook. And you can always find us at our website, parenthoodpals.com. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true. <laughs>